In the third square, it never looks back because it takes itself to be the alpha and the omega. Yeah. So it's it thinks it's the first square or the zero square, and now it looks from there, looking for the square called spirituality, because it's tried a lot of other squares to get an advantage, and maybe it's become futile. It realizes that didn't work, this didn't, that worked. So now it's going to the spirituality card, and now square three is going to go get some spirituality with the hopes that it will make square three do much better on the journey, on the game board, yeah? But square three is is square three. It's not the starting point, yeah? So the starting point is actually, the starting point is prior to the first square. I'm saying we're, we, we start maybe at the second or third square. The, the first square is conscious contact, yeah? So consciousness is in contact here. The basic format of this place is there's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching, yes? Which initiates the experiences, and which also initiates the mental interpretation of the experiences, the idea of past and future, all like that comes from that, yes? But there's a square prior to conscious contact, yeah? You may want to say it's consciousness or awareness or being, whatever it may be, but that's, let's say, square zero. So then there's the conscious contact, the living experience of, of being here, seemingly. And then the second square, let's say it's the second square, we'll say it's a third. The second square is, is a mental process that produces the third square, which is, I'm the one who's in contact. Yeah. So now a story unfolds that there's a someone that's in contact. So consciousness gets forgotten, or we want to call it awareness, whatever you want to call it. I would say it's consciousness and manifestation. That gets forgotten, you know, the conscious contact, and now you're the one who's conscious, which immediately opens up the door that you can be unconscious, yeah? Which is absurd if you realize all there is is consciousness, yeah? It's absurd to think that you could be unconscious if all there is is consciousness, yeah? <laughs> Uh, obviously, yeah. So, and then when the belief that your unconscious is in place, it maybe for some people impels them to seek to become conscious, yeah. But while it's while that impetus is to go try to become conscious, which sounds really a great idea if you were truly unconscious. But in fact, you're not truly unconscious. Yeah, that's the that's the little rub. You believe you're unconscious, yeah, but it isn't so. So, if it was so that you were unconscious, and then the opposite of that would be become conscious, then there would be a drive, and it would be a good move to start seeking to become conscious. But you see, it's already set up to fail because what you're doing by looking to become conscious is affirming that you're unconscious, yeah. And in that affirmation, what gets forgotten is consciousness. Yeah. You don't see that everyone is basically in the same format, every seemingly one. Their life is brought to them by seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. This life is brought to this by seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching. We think we're so unique and different, but the basic, uh, the baseline of life is the exact same. It's not who's looking, it's what's looking. Yeah. Who's looking appears at square three. 
what's looking appears at square one, and what's beyond that, let's say, cannot be known, cannot be felt, cannot be tasted, which would be square zero. Yeah? You want to call it square zero, coming out of nothing. There's a movement in that nothingness, and it's called being, and now a manifestation occurs, and all these experiences ensue. Yeah? So, if you look at life from square three, you're going to... The two diff- just being off by one square, you may take risk to be monopoly. Yeah? You may see the game as something it's not really based on at all. Because the fundamental, all would be revealed at square zero, but you're at square three looking for square zero. Yeah? Not to surrender the square threeness, but to try to grab some of the square zero and make it easier to be at square three. <laughs> so, if if the hit of square zero really occurred, it would negate the square threeness. So you've got to make square zero something that's palpable for you. So you've got to fit this huge infinity into a through a very small frame called self-centeredness that it won't scare you so much, and so now you've made something out of nothing, which is like square four, five, six, seven, and so in self-centeredness, you're very, the only looking back that happens is you hit self, you hit the idea of being a self, and that immediately, it stops there and boomerangs out into, they're fucking with me, that's they're my source of whatever, yeah? So, it's not really, it's pretty much geared to look out, yeah? Look out. It's, it's, it's basic format is to look out. When it looks in, it, ba- it all it does is look at something that's out anyway, which is an activity called selfing, yeah? So, it's looking out, and so obviously, when it starts looking, let's say, for this infinite thing or truth or love, it's going to look not back and maybe see there's a square zero because it can't entertain him there's a square zero because that would negate you as being square zero at square three, yeah. So it looks out that way. And so now you are looking, you're running around the board, trying, and every time you go by square zero, there's no acknowledgement of it, but you have a special square zero that you have an idea. Usually put in the... Uh, in the infrequency of the Himalayas, or this place, or that place, and you figure when I land at that square, I'm going to find square zero, but as square three. (laughs) So this whole message is to negate that whole event, and look back. And just by and looking at square three, let's check out its resume. Let's see if it's actually so. Let's see if it really measures up to the being the alpha and the omega of everything. Yeah? Maybe we'll even see that the feeling of Paul, I didn't even have when I was a baby, is produced by a mental process. Yeah? The mental process goes on, and then the mind takes that, the, the insinuation of the mental process and makes a leap into this idea of being a you, yeah? But the only thing the selfing can do is imply a, a you. The mind makes it you, yeah? The mind makes the leap into identification as that, yeah? 
But all the selfing does is infer, assume, imply, yeah, that there's a fixed reference in your life, and it ain't the thing beyond conscious contact, it's you. You're the fixed reference. You're the Alpha and the Omega. Everything that comes in has to be inspected by that frame. Yeah? So everything that comes in is made into something to fit the, the very small logic and programming of this very small system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness. So while you're studying all these trees, you miss the fucking forest. It's like the fish studies all about the ocean, but never gets the sense it's in the ocean. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wants to know the ocean, but it, it's already separated in that wanting to know. Because therefore you're taking yourself to be the subject, and you're going to make something an object. In this fact, you cannot objectify subjectivity. The true subjectivity can't be objectified. You can't make it something for you to experience. Yeah? It's not in the realm of experience. It's not in the realm of getting and having and acquiring and maybe using a little and bathing in it, you know, a little bit of nothingness and brings a nice shine to my face, a little loving gaze. I like that. Let's put a little there. No, basically, the nothingness, without any intention, always negates the false somethingness of square three. When square zero is revealed, there's a lot of revelation about square three, and the revelation about square three is I'm not that. No matter what it is, it all distills into this one simple realization, I'm not that. Yeah? I am not that that was assumed by all the pointing. Yeah? I, the mind made the leap. When the mind just sees the selfing and doesn't fall for it, what happens? Its original face is at that moment, and it's a pause. And there's no one there. Yeah? That's the, that's, the, that's the first time, in a sense, that you actually have met life. Yeah? The conscious contact was just aware of. And you're that which is aware of the conscious contact. Yeah? And then immediately, that's forgotten. And then the storyline of Paul gets offered. Yeah? And it's almost habitual now. And what happens is, when you have bought, the, when the mind has bought the storyline, you have a sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity that was historical. You were there also in the past, and you're futuristic. You will probably be in the future. Yeah. There's no actually verification for it outside the frame of the system that's giving its verification. Yeah. If you realize that. What's happened has no, no, it's not happening now. So how can what's not happening have an effect now? What is happening must be giving it that meaning. Yeah? In other words, in the Course it says, you and I have given everything all the meaning it has. That's what, that happens all day. Yeah? Now, when you make something seem really real, what's, let, what's giving it, what's lending that feeling of reality to that thing which isn't real? It must be reality. It must be what's actually so to make what isn't so seem to be so. How could what isn't so ever conjure up a seeming to be so? It ain't so. Yeah? It must be getting it from what's so. Yeah? 
So the presentation is, you're that, you're that, you're that, you're the thinker, you're the feeler, you're the this, you're the that, on and on and on. The language all day, reinforcing that, talking about you have something to do with, you have, with something you have nothing to do with all the fucking time. You know what I mean? Like, that simple example of growing my hair. People, oh, you're growing your hair. Like, oh yes, I'm growing my hair. I've really been stepping up lately. Three hours a week I've been growing in. So it's really fucking good. It's speeding up. You know? It's all on me. No, I just didn't even cut the hair. I have nothing to do with it. Yet the language implies I do. Yeah? Well, that's happening quite a lot all day. It's not enough to be tranced out by your own little conditional mind. Everyone else is supporting the trancing out. The language is always about you're doing something. You're the doer, you're the haver, you're the this, you're the that, blah, 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 blah. You know? If you're not keen on situations, you're going to easily fall asleep. Yeah? Does not mean it can be so. It can only seem, you can only seem to be asleep. Yeah? The mind's nature is awakeness. It can't lose that thing, no matter how much it makes something seemingly so. Yeah? But it can lend its reality to that thing. Yeah. It can lend its reality to this thing. So when you really, when you feel like a self, you really feel like a self. What's producing that reality of really being that? Not the feeling, but the one who's entertaining the feeling. Yes? The reality. How could anything that's false evidence actually appear to be real? But if you look at the acronym of fear, false evidence appears to be real. What's the biggest influence to you? <laughs> See, false evidence cannot even appear to be real, yeah, because it's false. But it can appear to be real to you. How can that be unless you're the reality? Where is it? Well, where else is it getting its sense of being real unless it's coming from you, which is or what is real? Yeah, how? Where is it getting it? How can false evidence appear? If, if let's say you're, it's, oh, that the fucking evidence just appeared real again, all on its own. No, you're there witnessing it. You're seeing it, and it's the way you're seeing it is giving it the meaning of being freaking real. You don't get it? The thing can't false cannot just become real and then go back to false again. It appears to real to what is real. And St. Francis gives us a simple suggestion. What's looking is what you're looking for. Not who's looking. Yeah. But what's looking. And what's looking ain't you. It's not the idea of dunking. Yeah. And in recovery we say, hey, you've got to let go of all your old ideas. Let's just presuppose what could possibly be the oldest idea that we've ever entertained. Maybe that I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That I'm a mental, physical hybrid that has this inclination to try to get spiritual. Yeah? But how is that going to get spiritual? How is, it, how's, how's spirituality, how are you going to stitch spirituality onto a thing? Yeah? It's recognizing you're not that which is, allows you to find out what you are. And you will find out you're not of thingness. To know you're not of thingness doesn't do a damn good. But to find out you're not of thingness does a huge amount of good. It'll allow you to travel lighter through a lot of freaking circumstances. But to know it is just the beginning. To, to let it stop at the intellectual like foyer of your little mansion is crazy. 
You're going to be taking that to be the whole mansion, and you're not going to be exploring all the other rooms. But when you let it in, and you, you enter a state of, hey, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, you know what? You're going to find out. You're going to be relegated into a position where the higher power of your own understanding is now the higher power of its own understanding, which is totally different than a higher power of my understanding. My understanding is quite small. Yeah? If that giant possibility has to squeeze into my little self-centered-looking frame, it's kind of, maybe it'll get me parking spaces at a meeting, or maybe a three-month relationship, or I won't flip out at the next picnic I get invited to. But I mean, it's going to be minor successes, because I've severely limited what it can actually be, because I've, I have an idea of how it is, how it should be. Yeah. And what happens if you're on square 23 and something happens where life throws a wrench in the works of selfing and it all stops? What occurs is there's a realization you're at square zero. Yeah? And it didn't look like it took any time to leave 23 to get to square zero. It was like an immediate absence of square 23. Maybe that goes by you. You don't really acknowledge it much. So then square 44 happens. And then immediately, you're at square zero. Like, you didn't have to go through 43 steps backwards to get to square zero. And after a while, landing at all these places, thinking they were so real, and then they were revealed not to be, you get this only square zero. Everything else is just seemingly so. Everything else, because this is the game we're playing, everything else can appear to be true or false to us. That's what the word seemingly means. Yeah? Seemingly means it appears to be true or false to us. Yeah. So we're giving it all the freaking meaning. So if something really, really, really seems real, it must be lent that sense of reality from what is real. Yes? What would happen if there was an abstaining and you let false evidence be false evidence and you let all the things that you were making so real by trying to get away from them or avoid them or whatever, if you let them be as real as they want, this is what happened to me in recovery when I went in. I've been, since I was young, I was trying to make, because I got hurt emotionally from people dying, like my father, my grandmother. So I felt like all this love was out there and then the objects that they were going to were gone, like, like this, and it was like too uh, vulnerable to be out there like this, so I immediately started taking heavy-duty counsel for my head, yeah, <laughs> big-time heavy-duty counsel. <laughs> so when I got in, and so what I did is, I made a thing, I'm not going to ever feel like this again, you know what I mean, I don't want to get, no fucking way, and then when I found alcohol and drugs, that facilitated that, that wish, because I could have a feeling already before any other feeling snuck up on me. I could be loaded, yeah? And then I felt the sense of control by being loaded, so nothing could sneak up on me, like love or anything else, yes? Or be neutered by it when it hit my little Teflon feeling realm, whatever. So what I did after a while, I suddenly in recovery, I let everything that I had been spending so much time trying to make unreal, I let it be as real as it wanted to be, and it showed me its true nature. It's unreal. Yeah? So what we're entertaining here is, why not, with this ability to make things that aren't real seem real, why not use that ability to make what's real seem real? <laughs> why don't you finally combine this reality that you are 
and entertain the reality, let's say. Let's see what happens then. You cannot believe what's going to happen. The way we've been using this system of, I can make anything fucking seem to be true or false, you know, not meaning me, yeah? We've been, it's like playing politics. When you finally get humble enough, and maybe beaten enough, where you give up these little boys and girl games, and you start entertaining, what the hell is real, yeah? What is that which I can't see, feel, taste, or touch? Maybe that's the square zero. And now I start giving it the meaning of reality. It becomes real to me. I start being interested in something I can't see. I start attending to it, yes? And what happens is, parking myself under that tree, I'm going to fucking find out about that tree by its fruits. I'll see, hey, my, my, my giving of reality to what's real just fucking magnified it a hundred thousand times. So, because what's real here can have absolutely no effect on you in this world of seemingly so. Yeah? Like when I was a kid, we'd be in catechism and we'd have the three ideas of God. He's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, omniscient, he's everywhere, and omnipresent. Yeah? No, omnipresent, everywhere, all-powerful, something else. Somewhere. And then, But it used to amaze me, well, is it, why am I not bumping into it? If it's everywhere, you know? I must be, at least be somewhere and everywhere. Why I never... Yeah? Because in this little dream we're in, you can make what's real seem unreal. And you can make what's unreal seem real. Yeah? And you can do it for a pretty long bit of time. You can't do it... You cannot actually make it so, but in time you can make it seem to be so. So many people are like fishes that have lived their whole life not realizing the water that they're encased in. Not one, they have no freaking idea. They, they know all about crabs they've seen and seaweed, and they have past memories of past crabs and seaweed, and their worries about future crabs and seaweed. But in the milieu that they're in, in that, that context, they have no freaking clue. Not one bit. Yeah? Yet they have eyes that could see from there, but they, they, they don't have the eyes to see. Yeah? What would happen is, somebody gives you this invitation. Hey, you know, maybe you are that which you're, or what you're seeking. You're already that which you're seeking for. Yeah? Maybe. Well, like there's a great master, Nizagadala Maharaj. He was in his 40s, and his guru just told him the truth, and he entertained it. He, he used the ability to make something real, and he made that invitation he got from his guru real, and what happened is, it downloaded the reality. Yeah? You ever read him? That's what he did. This is Gadada. He had faith in what his guru said, which is, hey, there is no long-lasting independent separate He entertained it, and it... The verification downloaded into his own life. Yeah? Then he was done with scriptures and everything like that. Why not? It's a damn good formula. So take your ability to make something real and why not surrender it to that? Yeah? And then see what that will make real through you. Maybe you'll now have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, even though you've had ears and eyes for quite a while. Yeah? Why not let go to that and see how it looks at life? Yeah? Yeah? Why not? That's what I did. I listened to this message somewhere. It hit me like an unspoken yes. It definitely was prior to any knowledge I ever had. 
just felt it. And then I just started entertaining it. And what I entertained became uh, actualized in this life. Yeah? It wasn't studying. It was entertaining. It wasn't like a, uh, like a engraved in a stone. It was a, it was a possibility. I heard the people, they were presenting possibilities that I had never heard before, and that probably, I believe, were impossible. I listened with a little bit of curiosity, I entertained, walked around with it, and it started to verify. Yes? Now, by making seemingly, making that real, which is real, you get to see what ain't real. Yeah? And what happens is, you get starts having an immunity to the effects that what is unreal can lay on you when you take it to be real. When you see it as unreal, obviously the effects are very diminished because you realize all the effects that seem to be slapping me, if I follow the arm, it's, it's my shoulder. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, haven't, I just keep thinking, it's fucking life and it's not. No, if I follow it, I'm participating in this event. I'm not a victim. This isn't passive fucking spirituality. This is empowerment. Yeah. You wake up. So everything can only reach a level of appearing to be so here in the world of things. Everything, in a way, and it's very easily proven, whatever has come here is going. Yeah? Nothing is lasting. Yeah? An appearance without the light behind it will start to unappear, yes? If the light is what's projecting this appearance, which is the light of your own mind, is projecting the appearance, if the mind changes and that light goes somewhere else after a while, the appearance is going to lose the sense of being real, isn't it? Because what was allowing it seemed to be real has changed its mind, yeah? And because it wasn't real then it can easily be seen as not so. Yeah? Because inherently it hasn't been so. Like in Buddhism, if you study Buddhism, they have this concept called emptiness. Yeah? That everything is inherently empty. That's it. Yeah? Everything is inherently empty because the thing is only an appearance. It doesn't have any innate qualities other than a quality that's going to come and go. <laughs> And this is a thing, by the way. You know, like this lady I know got years ago said, oh, I totally lost my ego. But no, what's bothering me? Everyone else's ego. No, that's not how it works. Yeah? <laughs> You're not going to be special. This is, this is about more ordinariness than anything. It's like dog shit awareness. It's nothing freaking special. It's much more special if you forget this and try to have experiences of it. You'll have much more, you'll have better stories to tell. Yeah. You'll have, you'll have stories about, you know, oh, the day I really surrendered. Of course it's on a cliff with the wind blowing, you know. Maybe some ex-girlfriends going, but this is all we've ever wished for you, football. Oh, yes, I fought the dark night of soul and I come out of it as me. I've experienced my own absence. <laughs> it's going to be a lot more juicier than being awake. It is. I'm telling you. If you're hooked on experience, if you're addicted to experience, I would definitely veer away from this message because it is not laden with experience. 
It's laden with something that's going to influence all your experiences, but it's not going to make great experiences, probably, because there's no need for it. Yeah. Like when people, when I go away and I come back, people don't even ask me anymore how it was it, because I always say it's over. I have no, there's no way I can mine anything out of these talks. I can't. I probably, if I could have, my mind probably would have. Yeah. I can't, there's nothing, I, there's, you, this nothing won't budge. It won't be, it won't be made into anything. Yeah. And that's its greatest influence, is that it's freaking real. It's not one of your politics. You're not making something seem to be true. This thing's got the real juice. Yeah. Totally changes everything. Because now it, it reverberates in all the quote-unquote unreality. It reverberates. It's like an echo of reality now that you'll never forget. It's like, it's like one note of the sirens of Ulysses that throughout your life you'll never forget because it's always playing, always playing, always playing, right where you are with no requirement necessary to meet it at all times. It is the only thing that's truly reliable because it's not a thing. You don't need to find it. It's what's looking right now. Yeah. As soon as you want to find it, you're, that's seeing. That's, that's a bastardization. Yeah. You've now become the subject, and this truth becomes the object, and you're never going to find it as an object. You just realize you're not something, and then that becomes all there is. It actualizes. It's already all there is, but it'll start influencing you in this life as all there is. Yeah. And that's a huge difference than knowing it all, it, that all there is, than to finding out that it's all there is. It's hugely different, totally different situation. Yeah? To stop at knowing it, it you've neutered it. You haven't even, it's not a, it's never going to, it's never going to be that eternal spring you can drink from. It won't. It'll be like bottled water based on what you think you should do or didn't do for you to have a sip. Yeah? This is like overrides all of that stuff. This has nothing to do with purifying or being prepared or being ready. Yeah? This is prior to being ready. When you're getting ready, it's already so. How can you get ready to receive what's already here? <laughs> it beats you to the punch. It's like a media gunslinger that you, you can never win. It's because it's gunned out already. All, all the time you're... It, 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 it's already there. It's just do, 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 do. and then round twelve. Do, do, do. Surrender. Fucking give it up. You know, put it down. Like drop the rock, like they say. I don't know how to do that. Well, that's a great position. Then ask and find out. Yeah. And don't rely on that thing that's talking as you to be the one that drops the rock. That's the fucking rock. <laughs> it's not the one who has the rock. That's the rock. Yeah? The rock is what's had everything else. <laughs> you want to get rid of some and keep others, but the what's having everything is the rock. The idea of being the one. Yes? That's what gets dropped. It doesn't even get dropped. It's just sort of... Your interest attention stops feeding that dead well and now is drinking at a, a live fucking stream. Yeah? And this... The drinking from the stream just reinvigorates the interest and attention to dwell there. That's all. Even though there's nowhere to land, there's no target, yes? There's no specific location, 
that you can say a line here, you now start getting the ability to see nothing again, yeah, like you when you were a kid. Yeah. So, you know, today at this meeting and the oh I was I was up to something last week, I was feeling really spiritual. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. What were you feeling all the other time that you were calling unspiritual? What the fuck was that? What was feeling the unspirit what was what was there when the feeling of being unspiritual appeared? And what was there when the feeling of being spiritual appeared? That's what is always so. Not the sense of, I was this, and then something happened, now I'm that, only to go back to this again. That's like the mental seesaw. Yeah? We run up, whoop, oh, run up, <laughs> you don't realize. When you get there, that's down here. It's like, when you get to the mythical there, it turns into here. Yeah? Every, every here is being invalidated by the mythical there, and when you arrive at the mythical there, it's here. And then what happens? You run back up for another mythical there. When you get down, oh, shucks, it's here. <laughs> you be enslaved with this and that. Yeah. High and low, close and far. Connected, disconnected. Who's telling you you're connected? It's the same thing that's telling you you're disconnected. Who was talking to you when you were getting loaded? It's the same voice that's talking to you when you're sober. The thing that's critiquing your drug use is what's critiquing your program. It's the same freaking thing. It's just wearing a different outfit. One has like a Catholic school outfit, the other's like, you know, fucking night school. It's the same thing. Yes. Oh, yes, I really feel that's true. <laughs> the only way it can seem to be true is you're believing it. Yeah. What would happen if your belief was removed? You'd see it not to be so. What more would you need to do if you saw what was bothering you not to be so? Absolutely nothing. It would just be a clear recognition. It's not so, yeah? Then your ability to influence things would not be given to it, so it wouldn't be facilitating that thing to influence you, and that you'd be resting right where you've always been. Yeah. You'd have an immunity to all this stuff. You find out the true reliability is in that which can't be seen, you know? that which can't be known. I mean, for me, after a while, you know how every day there's so many mental partitions in places. It's like this is like a big pie. The mental process is partitioning, cutting, and making slices and everything. And this whole idea of time, like there was Wednesday, let's say you're here, Wednesday night. What could, the only thing that could screw up Wednesday night is Monday night and Saturday night. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> right now, nothing's attacking us. No, there's no drag, you're not being imprisoned here. It's pretty chill, yeah. But if the mind is bringing in last week, and also next week, hell. Maybe you think this moment's empty, so you have to think about stuff to make it seem full. If you would just pause and let that emptiness reveal itself, like people talk about that God hole, you're so busy throwing shit in there, drugs and everything like that. If you stopped, you would see something, it's a portal, something comes through. 
It's not a fucking hole. It's a portal. Yeah? But if you keep jamming shit in there, that thing that with that energy that one would like to come out won't go. Come out. You don't do it, you know. If you would just leave it be, you would see. That thing that you call empty is the most full event of any day. The space that we're in, yeah? Then you'd walk in the rooms and you would sense the space in rooms. You start happening. You get like almost another sense. And you sense a presence. Not a presence of someone who comes and goes, but a pre- or a feeling that comes and goes, or an idea that comes and goes, but that which holds all the ideas and feelings and people, all the comings and going, you'll sense that. And that's reliable because it's all there is. It's contextual. It's not part of the traffic and the content of leaving from the coming and then disappearing to the going. It's not in that game. Yeah. It's like looking at the window and you're looking out. It was the daytime. You're just entertaining, just looking out. And then you'd notice everything that flew by. Yeah? You saw a bird. bird would fly by, you'd see it because your eyes are open and you know, consciousness is facilitating vision through the eye, like a telescope. So you see it, see it, see it. After a while, you see a lot of things. But what seems to be really trippy is the space they're all moving through doesn't move. Yeah? It's like when you're looking out the window, after the bird flies by, there's still the space. Yeah? Then something else flies maybe a different angle up there, but it's still the space. When the bird leaves, the space doesn't leave and a new space comes in. It's just always there. It's the context that's allowing everything to move through here. Yeah? It facilitates this whole thing we're calling life. Yet, how much is it honored, this space? Yeah? It's like, I'm, um, you know, in a movie theater, who's, who claps for the screen? You know, the screen's allowing every movie. It's a melodrama in the morning, then it's an action figure show or whatever. But the screen, everyone's saying, but the screen is the thing that provided the whole event. Yeah, no one pays attention to that. You know what I mean? We want to see things coming and going, coming and going, going. What's always there is boring, it's empty, it's always there. Sooner or later, you're going to get bored with all the coming and going. And then you'll see the stillness and the silence and the sense of that context, that space that has never... It's like you've never left the womb of that space, yes? You've always been inoculated in there. That's what you are, part and parcel of space. Like Jesus says, you may be in a world, but you're not of the world, you know? You're not of the thing. You're seemingly in a thing. That's why I like, I like to point out to you the wording in the big book where he says, uh, please relieve us of the bondage of self. It doesn't say bondage to self. Yeah? Because that would mean that that would give self way too much credit. It would make it a thing. Yeah? And therefore, like if I was here in this, this chair and I was this thing and the chair was this thing and I was bonded to it, there would have to be something that facilitated the bonding to it. Yeah? handcuffs, let's say. And then what would happen is if somebody found a good spiritual locksmith and they opened it, I'd be freed from the bondage to self, so I'd get up and walk away. Bondage of self, of self, is different. Bondage of self is you're totally free from the chair, but you're taking yourself to be the chair, 
So everywhere you go, and you're wondering why you can't get into your car, and you know, no one wants to go home with you, none of your dates, you know, sitting in the chair with you. And you just, your mind never goes there that you could be free of it. Yeah? You don't need to be free. In a, you're not to it, you're not connected to it. It's just a mistake. It's like if I had a big tumor, like I used this a lot, and I thought it was me, you know, then what happens is I get a lot of tailoring, all my shirts would have to be tailored, they leave a big opening here and have a little armrest while I was driving. And then one day someone comes in and says, hey, you know, Paul, you could get that removed through an operation. Now, you would think you would jump right to it, but I got all these shirts tailored to fit it and jackets. And I like that. I think I look pretty cool with those jackets. And you know, this armrest is, I like it, yeah? So now the mind has gotten invested in having that tumor to be it, yeah? That's what happens a lot. People want to want to be free, but really when push comes to shove, they don't want to be free, yeah? They spend a lot of time in this, <laughs> fabricating this story. <laughs> they got a lot of investment in the possibility that one day maybe they'll be special and unique and, and everyone will understand their supreme uniqueness. <laughs> so it's not so easy anymore. You would immediately see, oh, fuck, tumor, cut it right off. What a tumor? All oh, the shirts, pants, you know, <laughs> jacket, I like that jacket. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it makes it a little more difficult. <laughs> yeah? But as soon as you realize it wasn't you, the next thing you can entertain, hey, I can be free of this tumor. I wouldn't have to fit my life around it. Well, it's the same thing with the parasite of mind. Yeah? It has, it's produced this idea that you're it, so you, it's, it's, it totally neutered the possibility of the host leaving because the host now takes it to be the parasite. Yeah. So it's totally froze its natural inclination to get free of what's not benevolent, what's not love, what's not this, what's not that. And now we're trying to get free as it. Yeah? Or free for it. And for some of us, that was the movement that was running our lives for a while, and we came to a, a rude awakening that that wasn't working, it never going to work. Yeah? You can't get out of what you're not in. You can't find the perfect solution to an imaginary problem. The perfect solution to an imaginary problem is the problem is, re is revealed as imaginary, and there goes the solution. Once you see there is no problem, there's no need for a solution. That's the solution. Yeah? It's the only solution that's worth its salt. All the other solutions, in a way, verify the problem. They give it, they give, they give a sense of reality to the problem, because I got this really great solution to it. Yeah? I've invested a lot of practices and time in this solution, so the problem better be fucking real. I'll be really pissed off if I've done this for nothing. These 13 hours of meditating in the jungles of Thailand. You better believe it's a real problem. <laughs> I got a lot of spiritual investment in this. <laughs> so, at that point, the ass has been taken, you've been out taking your face to be your ass. Even when the message is sent to you, you're looking to work towards your spiritual face instead of your fucking spiritual ass which has inherently been there all along. So.
You feel it, man. It rushes through you. This is it's like fucking finding the uh, what is it that the uh, the water of life? What they were looking for um, of youth, the fountain of youth. And then, you know, the silence that's in the background moves to the foreground. All the noise and shit in the foreground moves to the background. And things have seemed to have been righted. Yeah? You start seeing blue is blue and red is red. Things become clear. Not because they suddenly became clear, but you <laughs> become clearer. You know, the obscuring, the distorting, the, uh, the faulty lenses you've been calling your eyes you realized they were just a pair of glasses. Yeah? You never let your hand go there to check it out. You just assume they were your eyes, yeah? Finally, this message goes, hey, check it out. Oh, they're a pair of glasses. Oh. And so instead of having to go to a lot of spiritual optometrists to try to get those corrected, you see that they never, they never, never fucked with your true seeing. They're only, their distortions only work when they're on, yeah? They have no ability to distort because they have to have something to distort and you're that which can be distorted. Yeah? So the glasses, once they're taken off, they're not distorting you anymore. You just see. And it's like a ringing true. You just know beyond knowing in your gut. And then for me, it turned into the last answer, which has been really helpful. Yeah? I was, you know, I ran into things which I thought were the last answer, but then I needed to get them turbocharged or add some extreme last answer or throw some other answers into the last answer. And then this one hit me. It became the last answer. I already had a way of life called recovery. Perfectly suited for this to shine in and on. Totally. It's an incredible way of life to be illuminated by your own mind. It's a beautiful way to sort of go deal with things in this world because there's so many sound principles. And then also there's constant reminders. Anywhere in the world there'll be a meeting. Yeah? It's amazing. And you know, that sense of sitting with others like the tribe people used to do sitting around the fire is sorely needed by most of us. Yeah? Because it's too easy to get isolated in that little mental chamber of horrors up there. Yeah? But by having that thing. So I already had a way of life. This didn't. This isn't a path to illumination. This message, but it illuminates any path I'm on, and even and if I'm not on a path, it illuminates that. Yes, that's the beauty of it. It brings light to your life. It's not you're finally shown where to find the light. It brings light to your life. It's not a map to find where the light is because you are that light. It brings light to your life through you. Yes. And obviously through others and situations, but through you. Yeah, so that's it, eh? Yeah. We've got places to go tonight, maybe. <laughs> Any questions? It's good to see you back from England, eh? You came at the perfect time. This is our summer. Right now, September, October.
Oh, it's going to rain, I think, Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a deluge on Deb's birthday. Deb's birthday is this Saturday. Let's hear it for Deb. <laughs> no questions? No, are you all right, bro? San Diego, you got enough? <laughs>